welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. That means we welcome in Ross Tucker. Ross, how's the big guy today? I am awesome. Jim, awesome. Love talking Penn State football with you. Very fired up to get into a little big picture topic today. That's exactly it. Usually we get a very specific uh, narrative conversation piece about the team. This year, uh, this week, I want to look big picture at the team. And first off, Ross, there's a pretty easy narrative that could be created after having several successful seasons in a row, this team is 500 over the last two seasons. They're under 500 against Big Ten Conference opponents. And until the 22 recruiting class, they even struggle a little bit recruiting. So is how concerning is that to you? Well, I think when you have back-to-back disappointing years, it should be very concerning. Now, the thing that mitigates that a little bit is the 2022 recruiting class they had and the success they've had so far with the 2023 recruiting class. But there's simply no reason for them to have lost some of the games they lost the last couple years. You know, they did a really good job from 2016 through 2019 of winning the games they were supposed to win and and winning their fair share. I mean, I think they had three 10-plus win seasons, one nine-win season. I think they went to three New Year's Six Bowls, won a couple of them. I mean, you know, by any measure, from 2016 through 2019, Penn State was a top-10 program. There, there's no question. I obviously the last two years they have not been. And so I think that that is something that needs to be noted, right? They have not been a top 10 program. Heck, they haven't been a a top 40 program the last couple of years. It's been a big drop off. And you could put some of what happened in 2020 on the COVID and no Micah Parsons no journey Brown, that's significant, you know, and lost their first five, won their last four. But to finish the 2021 season seven and six, I thought was really disappointing, especially with the start they got, beating ranked teams, Wisconsin and Auburn. In fairness, I think the schedule was very difficult and that made it hard for them. But There's no way you lose to Illinois. Can't happen. Just cannot happen. And then, you know, either Michigan or Michigan State, you got to win one of those games, right? I mean, they they just had some disappointing losses that they absolutely should not have had. And so pretty clearly the last two years have been disappointing and they've taken a step back. Just to reiterate what you were talking about from 2016 to 2019, they were 11 wins, 11 nine and 11 wins 
So three out of four years with the 11 wins, and as you mentioned, the New Year's Bowl game. I'll play apologist a little bit for this team for the last two years and want to get your take. The COVID year, Journey Brown, Micah Parsons probably would have been a huge difference. You're talking about the best player on offense, the best player on defense. The 2021 season started out 5-0. and uh, Sean Clifford was playing really well. They were ahead of Iowa, and then Clifford gets banged up. And they lose at Iowa without a good backup quarterback. And then against Illinois, it was pretty obvious that Sean Clifford was not 100% also. So I guess I'm saying from the apologist side, gee, weren't they this close to actually being a much better team? Is that a justifiable argument? It is. It is an argument you can make. However... The funny thing about football and injuries, nobody cares. You ever notice that, Jim? Like, in, in all sincerity, like, oh, but this guy. Yes. But then you look back on the year, and nobody really cares. They just talk about what your record was. You know? And even, even to be honest with you, even your schedule, people don't care that much about that. People end up just saying, well, that, that, that was their record. You know, they just go by their record as opposed to looking at how tough Penn State's schedule was. What I would tell you, though, Jim, and what I feel strongly about is that it, it all counts. I mean, your backup quarterback matters. Your backup quarterback counts. You have to have him ready to go and to play at a high level, whether it's recruiting or coaching, and Penn State didn't. And so that's on them. It probably, you're right, it probably cost them two games, which is significant. Because I also think if they're undefeated going into Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, I think they win at least one of those. So I do think it makes a big difference. Yes. Now, we still have to look at those games and say, the flip side is, as you said, they didn't have a backup quarterback ready. The fact that Will Levis transferred, nobody cares, right? It doesn't matter. They needed to have someone ready, and they didn't. Then they lose some of these close games. Illinois definitely outcoached them or out, uh, you know, strategized them. So how much of this is on the coaching staff? Now we look at James Franklin. He's not just the guy who had, you know, double-digit wins three out of four years. He's also the guy who had struggled the last two years and some questionable decisions and perhaps more importantly, was not prepared for things that happened to him. He wasn't prepared for Sean Clifford getting hurt. He wasn't prepared when Illinois stacked 23 offensive linemen on the field at the same time. And now they are tied to James Franklin. How has James Franklin performed, and what do you expect from him going forward? Well, listen, ultimately, it's all on him. You know, and he knows that. The one thing I, the one thing I give him a lot of credit for, he knows it's all ultimately his responsibility, and he also knows people don't care and don't want to hear the excuses about an injured quarterback or anything else that they expect Penn State to have a backup ready to go. 
like these other schools do, like Ohio State does. You know, Roberson had been in the program for three years. Jim, he's got to perform better than that. It's that simple. He's got to perform better than that when it's his opportunity. So I really do believe that a lot of it's on Franklin. Ultimately, he's responsible, but he accepts that responsibility. And what I would just say to people is it is very fair to be very critical of Franklin the last couple of years. But it seems to me on some level, Jim, people didn't give him the balanced same level of credit the four years prior. That's the thing that sort of is, and maybe that's just the nature of fandom. I'll be the first one to tell you he deserves criticism for some of the in-game stuff, as well as not having the backup quarterback ready to go. However, you know, he had a lot of guys ready to go those four years where they just kept winning even with injuries, everything else that happened. But I also think you're right. In those four years, he was a little bit of a victim of the narrative. A good recruiter, but necessarily a great game day coach. I I went back and looked at this just to remind myself. That 2017 season where they finished 11-2, their two losses were by a total of four points. But perhaps more damning was he had a double-digit lead on Ohio State in the fourth quarter and lost. So even with 11 wins, fans will look at it and say, yeah, but, correct? A thousand percent, and I don't really blame them. I mean, I think that there is a reason to say, yeah, but, that those seasons felt like they could have been even better. And I think that that's frustrating. But you ever notice, Jim, how he gets all the blame when they lose close games to Ohio State or Illinois. But why doesn't he get the credit when they win a close road game at Wisconsin or they win against Auburn? I've never understood that. Evidently, when they win a close game, it's the players. When they lose a close game, it's the coaches. Well, that's because we expect to win every game, Ross, and the players are good. But if they lose, it must have been the coach who did it. Let's let's look forward now. Let's look into the future. Reason for optimism, as you alluded to, very good recruiting class in 22 with a couple elite players at quarterback and at running back. The negative side is going into the season, it's still Sean Clifford who's underperformed the last two seasons, and I actually look at five potentially losable games on the 22 schedule. So which way are you looking at this, Ross, going forward? Uh, Half full or half empty? I would say half full for 23 and 24. For 22? (laughs) I don't know, man. Although, in fairness... They have actually surprised me in some of the years where I wasn't expecting them to be as good as they were. You know, think about it. They go to the Rose Bowl in McSorley's first year as a starter. They go to the uh, Cotton Bowl in Clifford's first year as a starter. There's something weird about the fact that they seemingly get have better seasons and more production 
when it's the first year starting for these younger quarterbacks than they do the next couple years after that when they're returning starters. I don't quite understand that one, Jim. It is a bit counterintuitive, as in this coming season, there are people saying, look, they're going to Purdue on the road for the first game. Aren't you happy they have a veteran, what is this, his 15th year as the starter with Sean Clifford? Because it does seem he's been here overall. So let me wrap this up, though, Ross, with the Penn State's a stock. Are you buying? Are you bullish on this team going forward? So I am definitely, definitely buying. If it's really a stock, Jim, I'm buying because it's really low right now after the last two years. And I am confident it's going to have growth and a couple years from now be uh, much closer to a blue chip stock. So now is the time to buy in to Penn State. Well, you heard it, Penn State fans. Time to buy in. Things have to get better, right? Well, hopefully the 22 season, the veteran quarterback, Sean Clifford, will turn out into an advantage, and then we'll see the young stars start to come in in 23. Ross, that's it for quarter number two. Stick around. Quarter number three, we've got your questions, and we're going to ask Ross. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross-check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hardy souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 